just take off out the front door. You can pray for me this morning because, as I understand it, I am not supposed to step off this stage. And that is going to be a challenge. So, so come on, Lord. Be there. Ready to learn about prayer? That's what we're talking about today. I told Pastor Alex we were hitting the, the little white golf ball around together, and I told him I was going to be teaching on prayer, and, uh, and I was going to be going through a couple of right prayer postures. And, uh, and he, said, he, said, he said, well, I hope your number one is pray to the right God. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not, but, but that's a good one. So, so I'll throw that out there from, from him. But it was interesting. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good moment. It was a laugh. We had fun with it. But I was thinking this morning, you know, about that comment, and, and I realized there was a, there's a time in my life, in my walk, where I really didn't know who in the Trinity to talk to. Did you guys hear that? I really didn't know whether to talk to the Father or, or talk to Jesus or, or talk to the Holy Spirit. In fact, an impactful book in my life is from Benny Hinn, and it's called, it's called Good Morning, Holy Spirit, and he's, and he's talking about talking to the Holy Spirit. Huge in my life because it's where I really move toward intimacy with the Father. Although theologically, I'm not sure it's correct. Interesting that the Father will use anything for his purposes. And so no disrespect to any, any Benny Hinn lovers in the room. Um, the Lord uses him, right? But to, to take what was a golf course conversation and to, and, to, and to share with you guys how the Lord walked me through that, um, it, was, it was pretty much just a teacher of mine pointing out if you look at how Jesus said to pray, pray to the Father in my name, and you look at how the apostles prayed throughout the New Testament, every time it is, I bow my knees to the Father. I bow my knees to the Father. And so, and so look at that, look at that, and it, it settled me in, in, in for, for the most part, talking to the Father. Um, it's all about the Father and, and that even the work of Jesus is to reunite us with the Father. And, and one place that further establishes that is, is in 1 Corinthians 15, where it says at the end, when he comes back and, and everything's been put under his feet, Jesus is going to, and Jesus has received the kingdom, Jesus is going to turn the kingdom over to God the Father. And so, so incredible uh, interesting in the atmosphere, just what's there, you know, when I share that. So, so, so Father, we, we honor you this morning. <laughs> You're holy. You are God alone, and there is none like you. We worship you, God. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name. So, teach us to pray is your title this morning. Um, I kind of want to follow up a little bit on, on John 15, um, that we talked about last week with Jesus being the true vine. And, and, and a place that I want to start and touch right there is, is, for those of you that recall, one of the scriptures that was shared was, was this. Jesus said, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and, and it'll be done for you. And then right on the heels of that scripture, he says, and, and by this, the Father's glorified that you would bear much fruit. And so one of the things that we can pull out of John 15 is at least a part of the fruit that Jesus is talking about is, is answered prayer, right? You guys, you guys with me so far? Answered prayer. So it's a, it's a part two, if you will. We just got done with, with, with 40 days of, of prayer and fasting. And, and one of the things I left that time with was this. I want it to be a lifestyle. The, 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 the things that I've done, the pursuit of God, fasting, you know, Lord, show me what this looks like as a lifestyle. I don't want it to be once a year, and I don't want it to just be when my pastor says, hey, we're going to do this, right? And so, so just a healthy challenge, something to talk to the Father about, um, a takeaway for me. The, you know, Pastor Alex has, has, has told us a number of times, and I, I find it fascinating, um, you know, when he says it as, he'll say, as a pastor, if I haven't taught you how to pray, I've taught you nothing, and, and just, to, just to demonstrate why, why that is. Oh, whoo! That was only one. That was only one. Somebody give me, what is it like? College football rules, you only have to have one in, or? That didn't count. 
Let me, let, me, let, me, let me have someone come to me, Michael Wallace, come up here, and show you guys why if we, if, if we haven't been taught to pray, we don't learn how to pray, then really we have, we have nothing. Come up to the sacred stage. Yes, welcome to holy ground. The, if, if, I, if I recognize that, that Michael has all the provision I need, all the resources that I need, he has all the love and all the emotional healing that I need, he has all of the finances and the resources that I need, and I know that about you. Take it to the bank, right? None of that matters. Even if I know, if I ask him, he'll say yes. None of that matters until I, until I say, hey, I'm hurting. Pour into me. Hey, I need provision right here. I'm in a financial mess. Help me. Give me wisdom. Give me resources. Do you guys see it? Is that a good illustration? Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. The, the ask is the activation of, of what we know, of what we know about the Father, what we know to be true. And so, so we, can, we can, there's value in knowing the character and nature of God, right? Because if you go and you ask, but you're not familiar with that character and nature, then you're going gonna to do what, what James says is, is ask amiss. Right, And so we have to know the character and the nature, but if we know the character and the nature and we're not father and asking, then it's, it's kind of dead in the water. You guys see that? That's a part of why Alex says, if I haven't taught you to pray, I've, I've taught you nothing. So I want to, I want to, I want to kill a sacred cow this morning as we get started, but I want to do it gently. All right, so, so if it has an abrasive feel on it, then say, Brandon, you're, you're being abrasive, and I'll, I'll back off a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I know. I can feel it. The, <laughs> thank you, Lord. The, in Luke 11, 1, the disciples come to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray. And if you're like me, you've probably been told at some point on your journey, and you've probably told others at some point on your journey, there's no wrong way to pray. How many in the room have said that? <clears throat> told somebody that? Are you guys sure you're being honest? That's like three. I've, I've told people that. There's no wrong way to pray. Just pray. Just talk to them. You know, the Father, the Father will meet you there. And, and I think at least I'll speak for yours truly right here. I think when I've said there's no wrong way to pray, that's really what I've, I've, my heart has been to communicate. If you will just start talking to him, he will teach you the right way to talk to him. But that's what, when I was preparing this, that's what kind of, it's almost like a shock to the system for me to, to verbally say, <clears throat> there's a right way to pray. There's a wrong way to pray. And and as the Lord was kind of walking me through it, he helped me, and he helped me right here. There's a, there's a right way to talk to Cheryl Sharp as my wife, right? There's a right way to, to ask things of her, you know? Call on her. Ask for, ask for her help. Communicate with her, you know? Be, be grateful for her. Honor her. There's a right way to do that, and there's a wrong way. Men? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You, you can sit there, whatever. There's a wrong way. And, 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 and if, you're, if your wife's outspoken like mine, then, then, then when, you, when you get that communication wrong, she'll let you know. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you for that. You, you, I'm, I'm serious. You guys laugh. You help me follow Christ because, because you'll stand up for what's right. And I... I'm grateful for that. And so, so that helped me. Okay, when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about communication with God. We're talking about communication. And so if you struggle at all with there's a right way to pray, like, like I, I have and I do, um, but I'm getting over it, think there's a right way to communicate and there's a wrong way to communicate and take that into relationship dynamics and you'll see, ah, it's very true. Here's another one. Parents, there's a right way for your kids to communicate with you. Yes, there's a right way for your kids to come and ask you for something, and there's a wrong way, right? And whether they get that right or whether they get that wrong impacts the outcome. Yes, it's the same with the Father. 
Now, now that I've said that, let me say this. He's merciful. He's patient. He's kind. He is, he is, he is love and nothing else. And so he will walk us through that process of teaching us the right way very, very gently. Right? How many in the room want to say thank you, Father, for that? Cool. So that's what we're going to talk about today is just some of those right postures in prayer. Because, you know, one of the things in James when he says, when he says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much or accomplishes much. To, to, to make a statement like that implies this. There is an ineffective prayer. There is a way to pray ineffectively, right? So we don't just want to be a people of prayer. We want to be a people of effective prayer. You guys with me? That's what we're talking about this morning. So, and, and Jesus is so willing to teach that, as we'll see when we get into Luke 11 here in a moment. <clears throat> but I want to give you six things. Don't get tired just yet. It's just six, right? I'm going to give them to you pretty quickly. If you, if you just want to take in the message this morning, I don't want you to get too lost in notes trying to keep up. You can do that. Um, but if you just want me to email you my notes, then just slip me your email and I'll, I'll be happy to do that. So you can kind of rest and sit back and, and just listen. I just want to make that available. First one, first right prayer posture. Pray with holiness. Pray with holiness. You know, holiness is what we talked about, you know, the last time I was up here, if memory serves me correct, and it often doesn't, but I think that's right. And, and holiness is, is, is very important in our prayers for multiple angles, and, and I'm going to cover these quickly. In Matthew 6, 7, the Lord is teaching, and, and he says something my wife will love. Basically, he says, pray short. <laughs> pray short prayers. Don't pray fluffy prayers. Don't pray wordy prayers. It says like this. Don't, don't do what the religious leaders do. Don't pray loud, long, repetitious prayers because they think they'll be heard for their many words. The Father knows what you need before you ask him. So you can be, you can be honest. You can be straight. You can, he knows your thoughts anyway. You can be to the point and, and just pray that way. And, and, and that's a holiness comment because that deals with our, not only self-focus, that deals with our motivations. And that deals with an effort to manipulate God by praying a certain way, and, and, and he just won't respond to that, right? And so, and so, so, so that's the first one. Let me, let me tag on something just right here that's meant a lot to me. Um, I'll also give you a healthy caution if you say the name of Jesus like 27 times when you pray. I think that's a part of many words. That's a part of, of spiritual manipulation. You may not mean it, right? Um, but but it, also demonstrates, it also demonstrates this, um, you really, you really don't know the power of his name. Because if in a two-minute prayer you feel like you, you need to say it 27 times, it's because you, you lack faith that, that his name is the most powerful name in the universe. And so, so, so I don't know, take it to the Lord. I can tell you how he's ministered that to me and, and once or maybe twice moves heaven and earth. And so, so, so take that in. Take it in gently. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus says this. We're talking about holiness. Pray with holiness. When you stand praying, forgive. Bless you. So that your, you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive your trespasses. So when you stand praying, forgive. And, and whether or not you will forgive, if we're gonna trust red letters in our Bible, seems to have a very real impact on the effectiveness of your prayer and on how the Father will or will not move. And that's there because when we talk about forgiveness, when we talk about bitterness and resentment, those kinds of things, holding on to things, that is, that is holiness because that relationship that you have with that person is not right. Do you guys get that? If you're, if you're holding on to that, that relationship is not right. And if the, if the horizontal is not right, the vertical is not right. And so, and so the father's saying, you gotta get holiness, pray with holiness, you gotta get the horizontal right, at least as much as it depends on you, pursue peace with all men. You gotta get that right, and then this is unhindered. There's no, there's no blockage here. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no limiting factor here. Um, another one, and this one, this one's really grabbed my attention lately. It's 1 Peter 3, 7. I think that one will be up on the screen for you. I'm gonna read it. Husbands, likewise... <laughs> dwell with them, being your wives, 
Dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, if you're like me, you go, hang on. The blood of Jesus covers me. Nothing can hinder my prayers. That doesn't agree with Scripture, unfortunately, because it's the blood of Jesus that empowers us to treat our wives as Christ would and to, to love them like he would love them. And so, so, so this blood of Jesus thing is, is broad and expansive. What it really is, is, is grace. And I'll talk about that, you know, in a second. So if you go down a little bit from seven, he, he basically says it again in 12. You're gonna have 12 up there, but let me read, let me read from, uh, let me read from eight, just so we get the whole picture. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Again, I'm I'm challenged here because because he doesn't mention the cross, he doesn't mention the blood of Jesus anywhere in that passage of scripture. What he mentions is holy living, a holy lifestyle. Refrain from speaking evil and do good to others and don't revile and don't, he's, he's speaking to all of the things that the blood of Jesus makes possible. You guys see that? And so, so basically, what, what the Father's saying is, if you'll, if you'll allow the blood of Jesus and the cross and the sacrifice and the death and the burial and resurrection to accomplish what it's meant to accomplish in your lives, that's holiness. You're righteous, and the eyes of the Lord will be on you, and his ears will be open to your prayers. And so I was seeking the Father, <clears throat> because again, that was difficult for me, and, and this is how, because I was saying, Father, it sounds an awful lot like performance. It sounds an awful lot like if you're good enough, I'll hear your prayers. Am I the only one that sounds like that too? That's, that's what it sounds like. And I was just asking him and, and, and he's faithful to speak. And, and basically, here's what I felt like he, he communicated. He's stewarding his grace well. He's stewarding his grace well. You know, that's why the holiness piece is there. If you, if you read, I don't know where it is in the New Testament, somewhere. Paul did that, so I can do that somewhere. It says Jesus was heard for his piety. And, and the reality of Jesus is he stewarded the grace of the Father perfectly. And so we know in this church that grace is not only mercy. Grace is the power of God accomplishing more than we can on our own. Grace is the power of God in the life of the believer. And so, so think about prayer and think about what we're asking. What we're asking is, Father, come in. What we're asking for is grace. Let grace flow right here, like a river, right? But, but if we're not using the grace that God's already poured out, the grace that would empower us to holy living, it handcuffs him to pour out more grace because he's a good steward. He's a perfect steward, right? And so if we're not using what's already poured out, he can't pour out more. And that's why. It's not performance. It's not performance. It's perfect stewardship. I hope somebody got that. I think that was from the Lord. All right. Pray with holiness. You good? Pray with gratitude. You know, I'm not gonna spend much time here because we've seen it for, for as long as we've been worshiping this morning. The Lord, the Lord moves in, but, but, but pray, pray with gratitude. Psalm 104, the king tells us how to approach him, which is right for a king to do. Any king, any, any, any Middle Eastern king, any king, there would have been a protocol and a process of approach. We can see that in the book of Esther, strong. You know, that's why she feared for her life because there was a protocol of approaching the king. And, and you know what that protocol is for us? Thanksgiving. 
and praise. It's the blood of Jesus, first and foremost, that brings us into a relationship so our thankful heart can even be heard in the first place. But beyond that, it's thanksgiving and praise. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. I've gotten into a habit of starting almost every prayer. If you listen to me pray, almost every prayer with, with who the Father is and thank you. You know, And the reality is, to Richard, to your word, which was so great, the reality is if we, if we can't move our place to a, if we can't move our heart to a place of gratitude, we really haven't even begun to see who God is. Right? When you can, when you can make yourself come up with, when you can pull deep within your heart and, and come up with things to thank him for, there is a revelatory process going on of seeing who the Father is. And that's why he says, this is how I want you to come to me. That's why he says in Philippians 4, let your, let your <laughs> be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. And and, 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 and with supplication, and let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. And so what is, what is he doing? He's teaching us the right way to pray, right? It's, it's not just in the Lord's prayer. It's everywhere in the word of God. Communicate with me like this. Approach me like this. Ask like this. It's amazing when you just start praying. Close your eyes for a moment. It's amazing when you just start praying. And all you offer him is thanks. Thank you for your great love, God. Thank you for your mercy in our lives. Thank you there's no end to your goodness, Father. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for breath. Thank you for the ability to gather here and sing to you and worship you and honor you. Thank you for the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus. Thank you for the ability to be in fellowship with you, God. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for never giving up on me, God. There is no one like you. Thank you. He inhabits the praises of his people. You're good. So he says, come to me like this. Pray with holiness. Pray with gratitude. <laughs> Pray with humility. Pray with humility. Something we've said recently that really resonated with me is in 1 Corinthians 13. It's talking about the nature of love, and it says love doesn't seek its own, but some versions say love doesn't demand its own way. We don't, we don't have to demand in prayer. The Father won't respond to that. Again, it's manipulative in nature. And so, and it's outside of the character and nature of love, this, this demand. If what he says is true, that, that he, he, he takes care of the grass and the sparrow like he does, and we're of so much more value, and, and he knows what we need before we, before we ask him, it's, it's enough to ask. He's a good father. Again, we can look at our own kids or understand us as kids and communicating with our parents. You know, how well did it work out when you demanded things of your parents? Or how well does it work out when your kids demand things of you? It doesn't work out well for mine. I love them. It's just dysfunctional, you know? And so, so I don't give it any attraction. And so the father, the father's the same way. So, so we, yeah, I love what he says if, if he's given us his son, how will he not freely give us everything else? Everything else he could pour out compared to Jesus is like nothing. And so, so, so don't get tripped up into a mindset where it feels like the Lord is, is holding out on you um, because he's not. The other thing that empowers us to pray with humility is, is this right here. We have to understand prayer doesn't start with us. Not, not true prayer. Not prayer that actually gets answered. It doesn't, it doesn't start with us. All true prayer starts in heaven. You guys take that in. Think about it. Think about it for a moment. All true prayer starts in heaven. So, so Romans um, 11.36 says, all things are from him, through him, and to him. Right? So everything that has kingdom on it, everything that has grace on it, the power of God on it, originates with the Father. Um, there's a couple of scriptures that come to mind. One is John 15 that we already mentioned. Another is in the Psalms where it says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And we, we typically think of that as he'll grant the desires that I have, which, which is definitely an implication, but he also, he plants, right? Oh, I'm a poet. He plants those desires 
and he grants those desires, right? Sign me up, Michael. I'll be up here singing next Sunday. It's, <laughs> why are you guys laughing? It's, um, so, he, so he puts, so he puts those, Frank's still not over it back there. He's working, he's working hard. The, all true prayer starts in heaven. And so the father sees something that he wants to accomplish in the earth. And, and he says, I'm gonna use Brock Nevitt to get this done right here. And then he puts it in Brock's heart. And Brock just wakes up in the morning, you know, going, this is, this is strange. I just, this desire is there in my heart. And, and that's all I know. All I know is it's strong. So let me, let me give time to it because I don't wanna do anything hasty. Let, let me just see if it, and, and he talked to him two weeks later. This desire is strong in me, you know? And he's praying, he's asking the Father, and eventually he gets to the place where it's like, God, this must be you. And he, and he asks for it. And it releases the Father from heaven to accomplish that thing in the earth because prayer is a contractual agreement between heaven and earth. That is why, that is why Jesus said to Peter, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But it starts in heaven. And then it comes to earth. It's like ping pong. And then we, we pray it back to the Father. And he says, ah, oh, good idea. <laughs> and he does it. That's the true nature of prayer. The reason, the reason that empowers humility, this is what I believe, and this is, this, is not, this is not chapter and verse, so you just have to ask the Lord about it. This is why I believe that the Lord dealt with Adam the way he dealt with Adam, which was he, he caused all the animals to pass in front of him two by two. And Adam named every animal according to its nature, which is amazing. And then all of a sudden, the next piece in the story is the Lord putting Adam to sleep, taking out his rib and creating Eve. I believe the Lord saw elephants two by two and dogs two by two and cats two by two and lions two by two and horses two by two and said, it says there was not a helper found suitable for him. And said, Lord, where's the one that's like me? And he said, glad you asked, go to sleep. Because he waits, he waits. He waits for us to see the need. He waits for us to see the need and voice that back to him. Prayer is so powerful. Lord, help us, help us get vision for seeing how much we can really move heaven and earth as you put things on the inside of us. And we, and we pray those back to you. All true prayer starts in heaven. This is, this is really easy to be humble right here. <clears throat> Romans 8, 26. Be up on the screen for you. If it is, I'll read it from there. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Tell your neighbor that. You don't even know how to pray. We're just agreeing with the word. <laughs> but the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When I, when I realize, Brandon, you don't, you don't know how to pray. It set me free. It set me free from religious, broken, stupid pride and trying to impress people. I don't even know how to pray. And, and the Lord, what are you going to do? Disagree with God? <laughs> he says it, you know? And, 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 so, and so it's healthy. But what is his solution? His solution is the Spirit of God on the inside of us, inspiring our prayers, right? So I'm so limited in my knowledge of any given situation or person and, and where I can pray from is very limited. And I need, I need supernatural utterance. I need inspiration from the Spirit of God as it's put on the inside of me to pray effectively back to the Father. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is the prayer language. This is tongues. But I need God to inspire my prayers in English. We need God to inspire our prayers in our native tongue. And we need him to inspire our prayers in, in a, a tongue, another tongue of men or a tongue of angels. They're, they're both supernatural inspiration from the Holy Spirit of God to, to make them effective because we don't know how to pray. And so when you lean in there with incredible humility and say, God, I need you to inspire what I'm about to ask you. When you're humble, guess what comes? Grace. Grace comes. Power comes. Revelation comes. Supernatural utterance comes. Now, now that being said, I talked, about, I talked about tongues for a moment. And, and if you don't pray in the spirit, if you don't pray in tongues, I just want to encourage you with, with all my heart. I'm so passionate there, I, I can't even communicate it to you in words. Because although, although when I embraced it, I, I was pretty ignorant. I just trusted the Lord. I trusted men and women of God around me. Um, but as the more I came to understand it, 
it, the appreciation grew even more. And, and so 1 Corinthians 14 makes a couple, makes a lot of very interesting statements about praying in the Spirit. And one is this. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. That's what Paul said. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, and I'm speaking mysteries, but, but I'm speaking the perfect will of God. That's all in 1 Corinthians 14. And so I had a teacher that said this, and this, this helped me, because tongues is, is so weird. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so supernatural. It's so outside of us. I think that's why it, takes a, it requires a special place of surrender, because, because you're not in control anymore. And, and, and he said this, um, said the Lord told him this, consider the Father's problem. Men have authority on the earth to pray. Men and women have authority on the earth to pray. But, but men don't know how to pray, right? And so the Father gives us a language that is outside of our understanding and outside of our mind so that we can tap into his unlimited knowledge. This is one of the most central purpose of tongues, as I understand it, so that we can tap into his unlimited knowledge and pray his will perfectly. People, situations, things in the spirit, tragedies, disasters, help that you don't even know about. But the Father knows about them. And he wants to move in those situations. When you pray in the spirit, you submit yourself there and you're used in ways that that we'll find out one day what those prayers look like. Does that help you guys? It helped me. It helped me. Cool. Here's the last thing on praying with humility. Second um, Peter 1.4 talks about we've received great and precious promises so that by these we can become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. And so, so keep in mind when, when you're praying and when I'm praying, and this is difficult for us, I know it's hard, y'all, when, when we're praying, for us, it's about the answer. We want the answer. We want the breakthrough right? For the father, he cares about that, but it's secondary. Primary is becoming a partaker of the divine nature, right? Primary in the father's eyes is not the destination. It's not the answer. It's not the breakthrough. It is you and I being conformed to the image of Jesus in the process. Hebrews tells us that we inherit the promises by faith and patience. And so as we go through that process, if we allow it to be a transformational process, and, and you'll start to gear your prayers in the direction of, Father, I really need this answer, but let me tell you what I want more. I want to be like you. As we walk through this together, I want you to make me more like you. You'll meet God in the greatest desire of his heart, and you'll find he moves with power. You know? And it's weird. It's another kingdom paradox. You'll find when the answer is at everything to you, you'll probably start to get more answers. And so... Pray with holiness, pray with gratitude, pray with humility, pray with peace. Everybody say peace. Feels good, doesn't it? It's a kingdom of peace. He's a God of peace. He's the prince of peace. And when he's on something, there will be peace. No matter, no matter the storm, no matter what's up in the atmosphere, no matter what you're facing, God can bring peace into any circumstance, any and every circumstance. And, and so 2 Peter 1 thing, one thing, 2 Peter 1, 3 is, <clears throat> it's a life verse. It's a life verse for me. And, and it's changed the way that I pray. And, and here's what it says. He, the Father, he's already provided everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And so this, this, is, this has changed my prayer life incredibly because I recognize, and, and I hope what, what you'll see if you don't already know it or see it, is there's already provision. What you're, what you're asking the Lord for, what he's put in your heart to pray back to him, he's had in mind before the, before the world existed. Easy to say we believe that, y'all. Difficult to to discipline our mind, to, to go to that place. What you'll find when you do this is you get control of your emotions, which the Father would have us do as we grow up in him. And so, so he's already provided everything. Say everything. 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 everything that pertains to life. That's a big umbrella. And that pertains to godliness. Now, what are you facing in life? What am I facing in life that doesn't fall up under one of the two of those? Life? godliness. Anything? Anything in the room? Then he's already made provision for it. He already has it in mind. He already has a plan. 
He already has a way. And so why this means so much in my life and, 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 and others that I talk to is because you recognize the Father is never scrambling. He's never in a panic. He's never backed into a corner. He's never making plans in the moment. And he's never surprised. Robert Britt says it this way, and I love this. There are no emergency meetings in heaven. Right? I mean, you're looking. We, we're going through serious stuff, y'all. We're asking God for big stuff. And there's, there's, there's tragedy that we're walking through. There's crisis that we're walking through. And there's things that are happening that we could not have seen coming in a million years. And we're, and we're surprised, and we're rocked, and we get shaken to the core, and we don't know how things are going to play out. And when you can look at the Father and say, it's caught me by surprise, not you. It hasn't caught you by surprise. You've been here. You're already here. You've always been here. And your knowledge is perfect, and your love is perfect, so your provision is perfect. And so give me peace. I want to pray with peace. I want to be able to walk in peace because faith looks like peace. You walk in peace, it doesn't make sense to people. You walk in peace, people ask questions. You walk in peace, people say, how do you do that? You should be a basket case right now. And you can say, let me tell you. Peace is powerful. Powerful. And a prayer sounds different instead of scrambling or, or acting like, God, God, rescue, rescue, rescue. What, do you, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Father, You've already made provision. There's a story. It's a story I'll tell you real quick because I'm, I'm late here. <laughs> Cheryl and I actually on her birthday a little bit ago were, were stopped by the ministry for something. And, and Jace, you know, young boys, right? He was, he was eight, nine at the time. And he was, he was running. He was actually chasing after a girl. Don't tell him I told you. He was running and, and he ran into a pole and it caught him right here, caught him the, the edge of a, a metal pole, caught him right here and gashed him open. And so he comes running around the corner. You know, we're carrying on a conversation. The entire side of his face is covered in blood. And, 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 and even, I mean, even with some background in that, I was a medic in the military, for those who don't know. Even with that, like, he's your boy. That's a different story. And, and so, so, so panic and fear immediately tries to grip you. And, and, you're, and you're trying to wipe the blood away and, 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 and assess how bad it is and, and scrambling and getting in the car and, and you're driving up to the hospital. And I'm talking to him like, son, keep talking to me. You don't want him to lose consciousness. You're doing all these things. And, and, and in the middle of all that, this is not bragging, this is practical. I was able to, to check my emotions and say, Father, you've already seen it. You've already made provision right here. I thank you for that. And then pray in peace. And it changed the atmosphere. And so this is how the Father would have us pray about things big and small. Here, you're already here. Can't you, can't you hear how that acknowledges how grand he is, how majestic he is, how powerful he is, how great his knowledge is? When, when we come to him this way, we're talking about right prayer postures. Peace is huge. Here's the next one. Quickly, in Luke 11, 4, Luke 11, 1 through 4, <clears throat> I'm going to read it to you. should be up on the screen, I think. Luke 11, 1 through 4, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. You know, they must have been looking on at Jesus and realizing every stinking prayer he prayed, God answered. Think about it. Like, Lord? We want to pray like you, I think. Will you teach us how to do that? And he said, he's so willing. He said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Pray with heaven. Pray with heaven. Pray heaven down. What, what, the Lord, what the Lord's saying right here, again, so, so personal to me. Changed my life so dramatically. And this is in the last eight years. This is after we got here, right? I never, I never saw this. I never knew this. So we're growing in grace that, that teach us how to pray. Okay, pray like this. Father, you're holy. There's no one like you, right? And, and your kingdom come and your will be done right here, just like it is there. 
That's what he said. There's a place where the will of God is in perfect operation. And he wants that to be your marriage. And he wants that to be your family. He wants that to be your workplace. He wants that to be your school. He wants that to be this church. He wants that to be the relationships. This is how you pray. You pray that the realities that are heaven would be the realities that are earth, would be the realities that are your life, right? If you'll be full of joy in, the, in heaven, then you get up in the morning and you make a decision, I'm going to be full of joy today. But I don't feel like it. I don't care. Because the God we're serving says, this is our prayer and this is our life. Let's usher in the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's what we're all about. Why this cleared things up for me so much in the arena of prayer? Because I used to be so shaky on what, what, what in the world is the will of God? I want to pray. I have a desire to pray here. But Father, I, I don't know what your will is. I don't know how to pray, you know? Do you, do you want to provide here? Do you want to reconcile this? Do you want to heal here, if I'm honest? And when I saw this, it settled the question for me. The will of the Father is the reality of heaven. Let me say it again. The will of the Father, what the Father wants, are the realities of heaven. That's why they are the realities of heaven, because they're a perfect representation of what the heart of God wants with nothing there to hinder it, right? And so you look at it and you go, ah, should I pray for reconciliation in this relationship? Well, yes, right? I'm talking about a marriage, yes, because there's not gonna be odds in heaven. There's not gonna be this division. There's, there's not gonna be this falling out. Should I, should I pray that you would honor your boss at work? Yes, because there's not gonna be rebellion against authority in heaven or your pastors. Yes, should I pray healing for you? Yes, because there's not gonna be sickness and disease in heaven. What about freedom? What about provision? Can I pray for provision? Can I pray for abundance? Yes. How much lack is there going to be in heaven? None. And so I was able to come to a place where I could pray and actually pray with confidence. Game changer. Right? Last one. Pray with courage. Pray with courage. There is a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And it's the story of Asa, and you should read it. It's about three chapters. We'll have the prayer up on the screen here in just a minute, but let me tell you the story. King Asa, pull that back off for me. King Asa, otherwise they'll read it and not listen to me. There was peacetime in Israel, and when there was peacetime in Israel, the neighboring countries got, got nervous, right? Because you're bulking up, you're building resources, you're doing all these things, and, and so the Ethiopians, let's attack. And they bring an army of one million against King Asa, who was the, the king of the people of God. And so they're going out to battle. Ethiopians have a million. Asa has 580,000, right? Read the story, check my math, make sure I'm honest. And this is what he prays. Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it's nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. So help us, O Lord our God, we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. Oh, Lord, you are a God. Do not let man prevail against you. And the Lord routed that army. What I love about this so much, and what I do so much, this is, this is very much a glimpse into my own personal prayer closet this morning. What I do so much is I look at something that seems absolutely impossible to me, and I say, <laughs> It's nothing for you to heal my wife. Nothing. It's nothing for you to help, whether those with, with many or, or those who have no power. It's nothing. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I know, I know there's so many needs. For every one of us, there's so many needs. And maybe, maybe it's a child. Maybe it's an estranged relationship. Maybe it's an estranged relationship. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's work. Maybe it's, maybe it's finances. Maybe it's marriage. It's, it's something broken. It's a struggle. And the enemy would have you believe it's difficult for God. And the Father would have you believe it's easy. It's nothing for him. And when you, can, when you can speak that, when you can say that, when you'll move yourself to that vulnerable place and declare that, God becomes so much bigger 
and your mind and in your heart. Last but certainly not least is Daniel 3, 16 through 18. Don't put it up there just yet. I know I'm, I know I'm making your job hard this morning. <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar had, had created an idol of gold and bless you. Happy spring, y'all. He had created an idol and, and when he played the music, everyone in the kingdom had to bow down and worship. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to do it. And so somebody routed him out and they came before the king and King Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, when you, when you, when you hear the music play, he, he didn't want to kill these guys. Obviously, he just would have done it without giving them a chance. When you hear the music play, bow down and worship or I'm going to throw you into the furnace. And, and that is where we pick up right here. That threat, that threat from the most powerful man in their world. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. You serious? To the king? You might as well said, kill me now. Which they pretty much did. Oh, I mean, that would be insulting if I, if I said that to Vulo. Like, he tells, I don't even need to reply to that. To a king. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if you throw us into the furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Everybody say, able. able. <clears throat> and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Everybody say, will. will. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Pray with holiness. Pray with gratitude. Pray with, pray with humility. Pray with heaven. Pray with courage. Pray with whichever one I'm forgetting right now. Listen. Listen. Pray with peace. Thank you. Here's, what I, here's, here's where I was a long time. Here's where I see a lot of people. They'll, they'll buy into, God, you're able. You're able. You're able to deliver me. You're able to heal. You're able to move. You're able to restore. You're able. You're able. You're able to speak. You're able to give wisdom. Where they, where they struggle is, God, you will. Where I struggle is, God, you will. Those are different statements. I love this because to me, it's the progression of faith that we walk through. It's the progression of, 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 of prayer, and it's very much a progression of vulnerability. God, I believe you're able, and I believe you will. That's where you put yourself out there, right? That's where it gets shaky. That's where you know that maybe your emotions you know, are going to struggle. That's where you know maybe your heart might go through something. And here's why. Not because God will fail, because he may not move according to your expectations, right? And your expectations are Tiny, tiny vision. Tiny vision. So this is where it comes in. God, you're able. God, you will. But even if you don't, still worship you. Why? Because you see next to nothing. I see next to nothing. And that's what we have to realize. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all give me three minutes and I'm done. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. We see in a mirror dimly. One day face to face, but right now, a, a dim mirror, a, a first century dim mirror, dirty brass. This is your understanding of reality. This is how clearly you really see things. It goes back to humility. And if you understand that's all you see and that's the place you pray from, then you can open up your heart to say, even if you don't, it just means I've, I've missed something, you know, or it means not in this age, but in the next either way. All of this brokenness and dysfunction is coming to a quick end. We win, we win, we win, we win, we win. And we're going to be with him forever. And brokenness is no longer going to be a part of the conversation. We win. Eight years ago when we got here, and the Strzelowskis were opening up their home to us. If that wasn't enough, I was also using their car for some reason on this day. So I got into the Xterra, and I looked up. I looked up at the... You know, speedometer, odometer, there was a note card, and this is what it said. Even if you don't, I still love and trust you. Even if you don't, I still love and trust you. And that was Anna Strzelowski's heart on a piece of paper. Because they were still trying to have kids they couldn't have. 
Now I have two nieces and a nephew. One of those was little girls up here worshiping her heart out. Lexi and Sadie and James. And God has come through big. And the reason he's come through big is because you had a mother and a father come together and say, you're able, you will. But even if you don't, it's not going to change anything about my heart toward you. Stand with me. <clears throat> hope you're encouraged. I hope you're equipped. <laughs> I'm just going to pray for time's sake and I'll dismiss you. If you want to come up for prayer after the service, come on, we'll have people up that'll pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you this morning. <laughs> we thank you this morning. We acknowledge who you are, God, your great love. I thank you for the ability to talk to you, Father. We thank you, God, for the ability to do that. I thank you that you hear from heaven. <clears throat> and I thank you, you're the God of miracles. I thank you for a room full of people who, who trust you and who are learning to trust you. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us great grace this morning, God, as we're reaching out to you and we're bearing our hearts before you and we're asking you to do what seems to be impossible. Father, I pray that we would do that with gratitude. I pray that we would do that with holiness so our prayers aren't hindered. Father, I pray that we would do that with incredible humility, understanding that you're God and we're not. But I also pray that we would do that with incredible purpose, Father, understanding that you've given us a sacred trust of, of ushering in the kingdom of God to the earth, Father. I pray for your peace to cover us, heart and mind, and that we would view it as the weapon that it is, God. And I pray that we would learn to pray with incredible courage, God. Putting what we're asking you, holding it up to you, and seeing how big you are, and saying, it's nothing for you, God. And that we would realize this morning that you're able, that we would realize you're willing, and that we would realize how little we see and so no matter if it happens like we think it should happen, you are God alone, and you are just, and you are holy, and your love is perfect. And one day, we'll see more than we see now, God. And so we put our trust there. We honor you, we love you, we bless you in the name of Jesus.